we're starting a series on the mouth today called You Said What? And normally we clap for all the campuses that are watching, but can we add some? Can we give them a woot woot and a clap? All right, can we a little shout out to all the campuses? Okay, let's do this. Come on, let's do it. All right, fine. It's good to... Good to have all the campuses watching and being a part of this. Uh, one church, multiple locations, and looking for more. We are looking for some this week. It's a good thing going on. And uh, today we're looking at our, our mouth, and we're starting a series that is going to look at our mouth and the things that we say. And uh, I'm going to tell you this right away. The first thing that we're going to talk about with our mouth is uh, the area of profanity. Okay, we're going to hit it right away. We're going to talk about how many, anybody get nervous? Don't raise your hand. All right. Um, <laughs> But we're going to talk about profanity, we're going to talk about swearing, we're going to talk about these things because I believe the Bible has a lot to say about this. And I think as New Testament followers of Jesus Christ, as people that have been changed by the power of God, um, how many know our heart changes when we follow Jesus? He gives us a new heart. The Bible says the old passes away, the new comes in. How many know that you do different things with your money when God gets a hold of you? And I believe that when God gets a hold of you, you need to do different things with your tongue. You need to have different words coming out of your mouth. Some of you probably never said the word hallelujah until you gave your life to Jesus. Some of you never said praise the Lord. Some of you never said a lot of the things in a good way, but there's also those bad things that you were saying that maybe have hung on. And uh, I believe that the New Testament addresses this, and we're going to address it as a church. And I'm not sure that I've ever preached a message specifically on profanity and swearing. I know that I've touched on it. But I'm going to speak exactly on that. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures and uh, really dig in and see what the Bible has to say about this, all right? Now, it is a real issue for the church. Um, It's become normal in society. How many know that? It's become so normal that people will swear and and people don't even think anything of it. Um, I, I did a search on politicians that swear, and I found that politicians over and over, Democrats, Republicans, uh, people that claim to be really close to Christ, people that claim to be loosely affiliated with Christ, were swearing. I noticed that uh, there's a new trend in music. If you're not aware of this, there are two versions of songs that are released usually. There's a version that is released with profanity in it that's put on satellite radio, and then there's a version that's done without the profanity that goes on the other radio. And so you can have a choice between it, but artists are actually recording it with profanity and they're not thinking anything of it. Nobody's saying, why are you doing that? Why do you need to make a profane version? Why do you need to make one that's full of swearing? And yet this has become so normal. And the sad thing is, uh, even cutting edge ministries, there's some ministries that are trying to be really relevant, really cool, and they're trying to say, well, our pastor's so cool, he even swears a little. I'm just going to tell you this, your pastor here does not swear, does not approve of swearing. We don't like swearing, okay? So we're not going to be cutting edge, whatever, all right? We're not going to do that. All right. I had one person say, you don't even swear on the golf course? I said, not even on the golf course. There are a lot of thoughts that I'm bringing into captivity. I'll just tell you that. But we don't approve of it. And I'll tell you this, our pastors are always going to help you to not have profanity coming out of your mouth. Matter of fact, one of our pastors came up with a neat tool to help people. And I want you to take a look at this tool that he made up to help people not swear anymore. Hey, thanks for coming in. Uh, Before you leave, I wanted to give you something. This totally helped me. Preventative profanity punch. 
Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. All right, we'll All see right. ya. See ya. Yes. I actually do know a pastor that got saved when he was in prison. He was in prison, then said, God has saved me and changed my life. I don't want to swear anymore. Every time I swear, go ahead and punch me. And he really had somebody do that. He said it took him five punches till he stopped swearing. But you want to know something in that video? Those guys are brothers. How many think Steve was having fun hitting his brother? <laughs> yes, yes. Anyways. And, and, and I'll tell you this, if the profanative, profanity punch doesn't work, how many know soft soap does a really good job too? How many know that? When you were a little kid, what happened when you would say a word that you shouldn't say? What'd your mom and dad do if they were helping you out and doing good parenting? And say, you're going to take a bite of this bar of soap. How many know that? How many had to bite a bar of soap? Date yourself right now. How many were raised on soft soap? Raise your hand. All right. Yeah, all right. We have a young church, soft soap. Oh, profanity. There's no place for it in the church. There's no place for it in the church. There's no place in your life. And I want to tell you this. Um, the other day we had, uh, Connor had some of his friends come over to the house and they came in and, and Becca and I were upstairs and the kids were downstairs and we heard him say this. They said, hey, 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 watch your language. No profanity here. We're at the pastor's house. Now, that wasn't our son. That was the other kids, okay? And they were saying that. They said, hey, 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 watch your mouth. Now, interesting thing. Have you noticed that when people are around the church or they're around a Christian or they're around a pastor, priest or something, people say, hey, 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 watch the language, watch the language, watch the language, right? Interesting. I think this comes from the fact that the Latin word uh, for profanity, it actually means those things outside the church, that's what it means. It means the things that we leave outside the church, the things that don't belong in the temple. And so when we think about profanity, there's no place for it in the church. And you're like, Pastor Rob, I would never think of doing that here. But can I tell you something? You are the church. You are the church. 
The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you, and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and where you go, God goes, and he's no longer in a specific place. You're taking him everywhere, and so there's no place for profanity. It is to be outside the temple, outside the church. And so if you are doing that right now, grab hold of this. No more of it. No more. You need to stop the profanity. It's not an excuse. Well, I was angry. No, it's not an excuse. Well, at work, everybody does it. No, not an excuse. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and profanity is those things that belong outside the temple. Now, if people around you are swearing and people are doing that, hopefully you can have a positive effect on the environment and you will bring a spirit of conviction. But also, I know this in this world, there's not always a spirit of conviction anymore. There's people that are just hardened to it. And you say, hey, hey, there's a pastor. They say, I don't care, beep, beep, beep. You know, and they beep away and do that. But I'm telling you what, it's outside the temple. It's outside the church. Now it's become so routine that you know, since 1939 and gone with the wind when everybody's waiting for the one swear word, now instead of like creeping in on culture, it is charging full speed ahead. It is charging full speed ahead. And in, in just the last five years, it has raised exponentially the amount of swearing that is in our culture, the amount of swearing that is even on TV. It's like we've opened up the floodgates and it's so common. So we've really got a lot of work to do because outside the temple, there's a lot of swearing going on. Matter of fact, this is an interesting statistic. In the last five years, the beep words, you know, that's the big thing now. They're not going to say the word on TV, but they're going to show you what this celebrity did in their little tirade, and they're going to bleep it out. It's going to go beep, 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 and every time they beep, you know there's a swear word there, right? Do you realize that in the last five years, that has increased on TV 2,409%. Think about that. It's like we think it's really culturally acceptable to be beeping things out, and everybody knows, and they, how many know they push the beep to the very limit so it leaves nothing for the imagination? And that's just on network TV. We're not talking about cable even. Okay, so it's become too common, and outside the temple it's going on, but you are the temple, and it's got to stop. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at the first of three scriptures I'm going to look at. James chapter 3. We're going to look at James, then we're going to go to Ephesians, then we're going to go to Colossians. James chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. And James, right before this, has said to people, like, you can't talk like this. It's not good. The tongue is so powerful. And in verse 8, we'll pick it up in James chapter 3. He says, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. He's saying this, this tongue is a terrible, powerful thing. And we have got to get it under the control of God. And let me just tell you, in verse 8, he says, no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. Now, that doesn't give us all excuse. We're like, see, I can't control it. I can't control it. And, and James even says you can't control it. Here's what he means by it. He said no one has really mastered it day in, day out, every day. It has to be retamed. 
Every day it has to be retamed. Every day it has to come under the obedience of Christ. And if you think you've got it under control today, there might be something tomorrow that you're going to need to bring it back under control. So it's not an excuse to go down the road of profanity. It's really saying keep the guard up. Keep the guard up all the time because your tongue has a a tendency to go and do the wrong thing. It's going to want to, by default, go back to the wrong thing. He's saying you can't tame it. And if those people are here like, well, I never swear, I never swear, I never have a problem with this, I never have a problem. He's still saying you keep a guard up on that because the tongue, it it can't be tamed just one time fits all. It's a daily battle with your tongue. Says it's a restless evil. It keeps coming. Then he says it's full of deadly poison. And if I could just point this out in verse 8, how many know that, that the deadly thing about poison is you can't see it? Think about it. The deadly thing about poison is you can't see it, and your tongue has such power to bring deadly things to other people, and you don't always see the results. How many know that poison sometimes takes time to take effect? And that poison gets in somebody and it slowly kills them. And he's saying the tongue is full of deadly poison. There's an invisible quality to the tongue that can bring death to people, that can bring death to your spiritual life. It's full of deadly poison and we've got to bring it under the control of the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 9, we praise the Lord with it and we curse with it. And he says in verse 10, it shouldn't be. He says, you know, salt water, fresh water, figs, olives. He's saying basically, guys, your tongue defies nature. Your tongue defies nature. And for all of us here, our tongue can be doing good one moment and bad. And it's, it's, it's like the one object in this world that can defy nature. And so James is saying, really, really, really pay attention. There's a problem on our hands. We have to get this under control with the tongue. Saying, you know, that it can have bad and good. And our goal is for our mouths to have good. Always good. Matter of fact, I love what... Uh, Proverbs 10.31 in the message translation, it says this, a good, pers- a good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. A foul mouth is a stagnant swamp. You don't want to be swamp people. How about that? You don't want to be swamp people, all right? None of that. Now, our goal is for clear fountains, pure water, and uh, to see that James is telling us, watch out. It's a small member, but it controls a big thing. And he gives a couple examples in James chapter 3, and I'd encourage you to read that. He talks about that it's like a, a bit that controls a horse. It's like a rudder that controls a ship. It's like a small spark that starts a fire. And he's saying that it, our, our tongue is disproportionately powerful. Disproportionately powerful. Watch out because your tongue can get you into a whole lot of trouble. Now, there are a couple specific scriptures that tell us that we should not swear. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians 4.29. And it says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, the word unwholesome has a very close alignment to profanity. And when the Apostle Paul used this word and he wrote, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, here's what they understood in their culture. This word unwholesome meant decaying, putrefying. It meant corrupted. And it carried with it a word picture of rotten fish. 
So he said, don't let any unwholesome speech come out of your mouth. And what he was saying to them, you know the rotten stuff. Now, you know what it's like to have rotten fish. Have you ever been around rotten fish? And I mean, you're around rotten fish. How many know what's always around rotten fish? Flies, right? There's always flies. You know, just, and you can tell, you can smell. And how many of you are like, where, where is that? Where is that? Where is that? How many know you don't want to be around rotting fish? And he's saying that you're, don't let any unwholesome, don't let any rotten, spoiled, rotten fish that is there, don't let that unpleasant stuff come out of your mouth. And when you have that unwholesome talk, when you have profanity, when you have swearing, it is like spoiled fish coming out of your mouth. And let me tell you this, the atmosphere is affected by spoiled fish. I don't want to be anywhere in an atmosphere where there's spoiled fish. And I thought about this for church. I thought about actually bringing in rotten fish and having somebody open up a canister right now. But then I didn't think how we'd get rid of it from this service to the next. So I didn't do it. Are you glad I didn't do that? But think about this. The atmosphere changes when there's rotten fish in the area. And when you have profanity coming out of your mouth, catch this, the whole atmosphere changes. The whole atmosphere changes. And when profanity is coming out of your mouth, it's a curse. It's outside the temple. It's what the Holy Spirit does not want to have happen. And in your home, in your workplace, you are creating a corrupt atmosphere. And you wonder why there's no peace in the home and why the kids are rebellious and why the workers aren't happy and why things aren't going well. You have stink in your place. And there's an atmosphere there that people don't want to be around. And you may think it's cool to swear. You may think that it emphasizes the point. You may think that people really understand what you mean when you swear. But you have created an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is not being honored. You are creating an atmosphere that is not full of peace, but is full of stink and rottenness and decay. And people don't want to be anywhere near this. And I assure you, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be anywhere near the filth and the rot that's coming out of people's mouth. And so you wonder, you wonder, why am I having strife in the home? Check your mouth. Check, well, it's only littler words. We're not doing the big words. Little words are stinky little fish, okay? And how many know sunnies smell just as bad as pike when they're rotting, all right? A little, big, it's all rotten fish. And the atmosphere is tainted. It is wrong. And, and, and I just remember, we had this pilot that lived with us for a while. When we were first starting the church, we needed some extra money. We had a pilot that lived with us, paid us like $400 a month to rent a room. And he, was, he lived here, but he was stationed at another city. So he just lived with us, just rent a room. He'd be gone for a week and then here and, you know, just really kept to himself. But he said to me, he said, you know what's amazing about renting from you guys? He goes, there is an atmosphere in your home. He goes, there is a pleasant atmosphere. He said, I never hear profanity. I hear praise. He goes, I feel the atmosphere that's here. I feel it. And he goes, I feel like I'm benefiting more than you. I said, we can double your rent if you want. I mean, we can can do that. But he said, I am getting in on an atmosphere I've never been a part of. Okay, when profanity is coming out of your mouth, it is a terrible, rotten, stinky, decaying, death-filled atmosphere. Peace doesn't grow in that atmosphere. So what do you do with stinky fish? You bury them. You bury them. 
you bury them and you say, I'm going to bury these things, or you burn them, you get rid of them. And the Bible says to rid ourselves of this, which is where we're going in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. It's, it, the Apostle Paul is telling believers, he's telling them, these are the things you've got to get rid of. And he says, get rid of anger. Get rid of rage, get rid of malice, get rid of slander, get rid of filthy language from your lips. And the word filthy language here, it was a close proximity to profanity, and it meant the speech in poor taste. It meant obscene, filthy speech. It meant dirty speech. And he said, get rid of it in your life. This should not be in a follower of Jesus Christ. Some people say things like this. They say like, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, are, are there any ladies here? I don't want to say this if there's any ladies here. Hey, I got words for you. The Holy Spirit's here, okay? Okay? But if you're going to say something, like, I, 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 just check. Are there any kids here? We don't say this. Are there any kids? We don't say this. Some people will preface it like, this isn't as bad if there's just guys here, okay? We're just going to hear this. The guys are going to hear that. It's saying the dirty things, the filthy things, the obscene things, you should not be saying them. And he says you should rid yourself. Rid yourself. Get rid of it. Follower of Jesus, they don't say these things. They get rid of it. The atmosphere changes. And as I was looking for an example of the atmosphere changing, um, I found a great example. In 1904 in Wales, it's the Great Welsh Revival. A bunch of the people that worked in the coal mines and worked with horses and, and were just the rough guys in town all gave their life to Jesus. And when they went to work and the next day they're like, we got to watch our language. We rid ourselves of these things. They said to the horses like, giddy up. And the horse didn't know what to do because the horses were so used to profanity, they didn't move. And the guys were like, uh, move. Giddy up, yeah. And the horses are kind of like, I'm waiting for that word. You know, I'm waiting for the word. And they so changed their cultures that they had to retrain the horses because the whole environment changed. And the newspaper was even writing about it. Like, this is amazing. The horses don't know what to do because the guys got saved. They gave themselves to Jesus Christ. They've rid themselves of this filthy talk and they've had to retrain their horses. Wouldn't you love it if you had to retrain your employees? Wouldn't you love it if the environment had to be retrained in the school district? Wouldn't you love it if your home had that peace because it had to be retrained because those words were no longer there? You rid yourself of that filthy speech. So what do we do? Where's the help? Where's the help in all this? Because there is a process, verse, 18, verse 8 in James talked about like how are we going to do this? You can't control it, but we need help and it is possible to do this and to bring this into control. And if you have a problem with profanity, I'm going to give you a couple things here. First of all, the first thing I tell you to do is learn to pause when you speak. Learn to pause when you speak. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So let's slow down. You can lower the profanity simply by pausing for a lot of people, by lowering the amount of words that come out of your mouth. Okay, so we lower. It's not like a test where you're like, I got to get as many answers in and I got to, you know, like last minute try to cram them all in. In, the, in battling profanity, pause, slow down, slow down. 
Funny thing, I, I found another illustration just looking for these. I don't usually like to use old illustrations, but this one was good. President Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president, was known as a man of few words. So few words. He barely said anything. He was just concise, and he paused whenever he spoke. And uh, one night he was at a, a dinner party with a very, very talkative lady, and she said, I bet my husband that I could get you to say more than three words, and I'm betting tonight I could say more than, you could say more than three words to me, and I know you're going to talk, and so uh, I'm just so glad to be sitting next to you. What do you have to say to that? And he looked at her, you lose. <laughs> and then went on. I love it. Two words. Anyways, all right. Pause, pause, pause. Second thing, think about what you're saying. Think about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Some people think when they're speaking or before. Some think while they're doing it. Some think after. Think about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Think about them. Another thing is pray for help. Pray for help. I believe God will give us the help that we need. We will pray and ask God, God, could you help me with my mouth? Will you help me to rid myself? Because you wouldn't tell me to rid myself of this if it wasn't possible. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to ask you to come and cleanse my lips. I'm going to ask you to bring this under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, please, I desire help. And if you want a, a scripture to pray, some of you need to write this down. Psalms 141 verse 3 says this, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Some of you need to pray that over and over and over again. Lord, I just pray that you'd set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Okay? Now, another thing that you're going to have to do is take a look at what you're feeding your mind. Because we're going to talk about this in the rest of the series. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. And so as you're getting things in, you're going to have to watch what you're getting in. Some of you are watching such filth that it's permeating your life. And I know that you may work at a place that you say, well, I don't control. I'm not the boss. And I've tried to ask him to stop swearing. I can't control that. Well, you can pray that God help me to control the environment through the power of the Holy Spirit. I get that. But you can control what you watch on TV and what you go see at the movies. You can, you can control that. I, I can't remember the name of the movie, but one time somebody said, Pastor Rob, you should go see this movie. It's great. And what we do with movies, we go to this place called screenit.com, and we looked, and I, I couldn't believe it. Somebody actually recommended to me that I go see a movie that had like 180 profanities in it. I was like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? I mean, you should be able to control what you're taking in. And when you keep feeding your mind and feeding your mind these things, it's going to get in there. It's going to get in your heart, and it's going to come out so Guard your mind. Another thing is ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. You don't need to go to your coworkers or family or friends and say, will you punch me every time I swear? But you can say, hey, if I swear, if I have this come out, will you tell me? And then I, I want to apologize. Maybe you go into the workplace this week and you go into the workplace and you say, hey, I've got something for you. I heard a message this week at our church. Uh, it was on profanity and I know that I have not rid myself. I've not done like that. And I know I'm not perfect and I know that there's a lot of this, but I'm, I'm really going to work on this. And I ask you guys to help me out with this. I ask you to help me out. And I want to say I'm sorry. There have been things that have come out of my mouth that have not 
they should not come out of my mouth, and I ask for your forgiveness. And when you swear, or when you do that filthy talk, or when those things happen, and that tongue keeps rearing up, and you're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm asking for you to take authority, I'm asking for you to give me the strength in this, you apologize. And not only to God, but to others. I am sorry for the words I said, a Christian should not talk like that. And don't make cute of it. Don't be like, excuse my French. It wasn't French. It was profanity. Okay? So don't make cute on it. Tell them. Somebody like, well, I don't want to be labeled a crazy Christian. Okay? Yeah, well, you are not Harold Camping. Okay? You are not the crazy Christian saying the world's coming to the end. And by the way, if you're watching this video, the world didn't end. Okay? Uh, so you're not crazy Christian guy. You are just trying to live it out, Christian guy or lady. There's nothing wrong with saying that I don't want to have this profanity and it's okay to be labeled at work that you're the one that doesn't swear. That's okay. That's fine. That's the way that God would love to see it. And then the last thing I would just say is this. Praise. Praise. Have more praise come out of your mouth. I mean praising God, praising others. Be a positive person. Speak life to them and positive words. We're going to talk about that more in this series. Speaking praise, singing praise. And, and here's the thing. Let's not live a life of like, God, help me to stop and say nothing. Okay? Let's say, God, help me to stop these things, but let me really flow in these things. Let me be a praiser, not somebody full of profanity. Lord, let me sing your praise rather than swear. Let me be overjoyed in your presence rather than full of obscene language. Lord, I ask that you put a guard up against here, but I pray that you'd flow in this over here and that the good would come gushing out of me, that my speech would betray me in a positive way, that when I'm around other people, they say, are, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Because, I mean, you are so life-giving. And, and was that like a, a, a you kind of quoted a scripture there. I, I didn't really, I caught it a little bit. You see what I'm saying? And they see the environment and they feel the atmosphere and they know it's different. And I know some of you say, Pastor Rob, I know, I can, I can hear your thoughts right now. But Pastor Rob, you don't understand. I'm in the military. Pastor Rob, you don't understand. I'm, I'm in this market. And if we don't yell and swear, nothing gets done. Pastor Rob, you don't understand. I'm in the school. And this is the way my friends talk. Pastor Rob, you don't understand. I want to be accepted. And if you don't use profanity, people don't laugh. Pastor Rob, I, I'm telling you right now, God understands. God knows. And it's okay to be different in a good way. It is okay to be different in a good way. Let us change the atmosphere. And instead of death coming out of our mouths, life will come out. Life and praise and good will come out. And especially in this area of profanity. I want to pray for those that need this prayer right now that we're going to pray that God would put a guard over your mouth and that he would watch the doors of your lips. We are going to pray that and believe that over your mouth and over your life right now that things will be different. I believe there are some people here that need to confess to spouses, that need to confess to kids, that need to have a confession with coworkers. And I believe that this is, could be a breakthrough moment in the atmosphere in your home, in your workplace, in your school. The atmosphere is going to change because there won't be death coming out of your mouth, but there will be life. So I want to pray this. Would you bow your heads? And let me pray this over everyone. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you would help us to speak life and praise and good. And I pray that there would be an end to profanity in our lives, Lord. That our words would be positive, life-giving, praise-filled words and not the profane, 
not the obscene, not the things that change the atmosphere with death and decay. But Lord, I pray that we'd see what your word says in James, in Ephesians, in Colossians, all through the book of Proverbs. And I pray that our mouths would be living fountains and not a terrible swamp. And I pray for repentance to fall upon our church right now at all of our campuses and here in this campus here, Lord, that we would have a spirit of repentance saying, we are sorry, God. We are sorry that our mouths have sung your praise in the church. But when we leave here, they've spewed forth profanity. Lord, we are the church. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's no place for this. These things are to be outside the temple outside the church and we are praying and believing that that would be a part of every follower of Jesus Christ and I pray for the courage for those that need to repent I pray for the courage that need to ask forgiveness of children forgiveness of a spouse forgiveness of a co-worker courage to say I am different I didn't do it good I desire to do it good help me to be a better follower of Jesus Christ so I pray for that, and I pray that there'd be a cleaner speech coming out of our mouth. And as we look at the tongue and the things we say, we would change the words and our negativity. We would change gossip. We would change the other things we're looking at in this series. And you would help us to have mouths that bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.